Hi out there, I'm Pat Polly, and I want to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Each week, we interview someone from the arts, and this week, Carrie Schmidt, intuitive painter, who has had an interesting path into art and is not only a wonderful painter, but leads artist retreats, has done books and articles, has her own arts bus, and much, much more. And we'll be talking to her uh, about all of this today. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thanks for having me, Pat. Thanks for coming by on this hot, hot day. (laughs) But before we get started, I just want to mention a couple of events coming up here locally. And first of all, uh, I love Seattle Opera, and I hope I'm going to be going to this one. This is Gershwin's Porgy and Bess, which is actually considered the only really worthwhile American opera, believe it or not. And it's his first. And, of course, it has songs like uh, Summertime and The Living is Easy uh, and also I Got Plenty of Nothing. And I think the other ones, I Love You, Porgy, those are the ones that are kind of well-known. And it has a great plot that carries this all along. And my sources tell me that the casting is stellar with many strong voices. So don't miss this one. On August 11th through the 25th at McCaw Hall. Don't miss it. And then on the east side, uh, Woodenville Arts Alliance has their second annual juried show. Uh, In Woodenville, the arts are really uh, rising. It's getting to be an artsy area. (laughs) So... uh, you can get over there and do some wine tasting on the way and savor the art. They have uh, a juried show at Wilmot Gateway Park on August 18th. Over 50 works of art, uh, and it's noon to 5, August 18th. We'll be back shortly talking with Carrie Schmidt, intuitive artist on Artbeat Northwest. I'm jumping. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. From August 31st through September 30th, BAM hosts a pop-up exhibition of emerging Northwest artists as part of the City of Bellevue's annual art festival, Bellweather. Bellevue Arts Museum will be free and feature a series of events and performances for the two-week run of the festival. Through September 30th, catch the first museum exhibition from Female, AMPM 2.0. Female is a Seattle and Los Angeles-based fashion collaboration conducted through the U.S. Postal Service. Exchanges by collaborators Janelle Abbott and Camilla Carper. For more information, visit BellevueArts.org. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. Carrie Schmidt, intuitive artist, and so much more, is here to talk with us. And Carrie, uh, I think it's a fascinating story how you actually got started with art. So why don't you share that with the listeners? Sure. So in 2009, I developed a life-threatening allergy to heat, and not just external heat, but my own body heat. So I was barely able to move um, without having a reaction, and I was bedridden and stuck inside for several months. I was really depressed. It was like a death of my old life. And one day, a voice popped in my head and said, now that your life is over, you might as well do what you want and paint. 
And I didn't even know that I wanted to paint. That was a dream I had suppressed a long time ago. But I was really desperate, so I listened. And I began painting in bed. I ordered supplies. I just started experimenting. And I fell in love with the process. It saved my life. Um, so every time I painted, I forgot about my situation. I forgot I was bedridden. It took me into this beautiful world of color and exploration. And um, so I just really fell in love with the process immediately. And I've always worked from a place of gratitude and adoration for the creative process because of that beautiful yet painful beginning. So we, we had a great relationship from the start. Now, were you artistic as a child or... And you just suppressed it later on? Yeah, or? I loved art. I loved um, anything creative. My parents are both creative. But when it came time to pick a major for college, uh, I wanted to major in art. And they said, absolutely not. So I majored in English, which is pretty close. <laughs> so I focused on... The art um, of writing, yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I love reading. I love writing. So that's where I directed my creativity. Yeah. So then you did an about face and went into art. And you're mm -hmm. actually... Your training was not in art, but you've done a lot of workshops and things with other people since. I did a lot of online classes and a lot of just experimentation and exploration. So I, um, I paint a lot, and I think that's the best way to learn is just to um, play and have fun. And since I, I'm not formally trained, I have a lot of freedom. Like, I don't know the rules. I don't know half the time. I don't know what I'm doing. So it allows me to you know, really just enjoy expressing myself. Um, and I have some friends who have gone to art school and they seem to have some restraints that I, I don't seem to have because I don't know them. <laughs> so. Well, you know, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you say um, you paint from your heart, not from your head. Now, kind of explain how that works. Well, um, intuitive painting, um, when I paint, I paint really passively. I do what feels good instead of what looks good. So that is my focus at, throughout the process. If I'm enjoying something, um, I trust in that and I just go with it. And, um, you know, for me, if I'm enjoying it, I feel like something beautiful is going to happen. So there's just a lot of faith there. And I always say I'm not that good. I have to rely on something bigger than myself. So I really do feel that there's this creative force out there that we can co-create with. And when we surrender to it, um, something bigger and um, better than I could ever have imagined on my own happens on the canvas. So I don't feel like any of um, what I paint are my ideas because I'm really limited. Um, but if I open it up to this greater force that a lot of artists um, talk about, I'm able to do things that are just from the heart, from a soulful place. So that's kind of my approach to painting. Now, now you had a guest post on how to become an intuitive artist. And I think, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are artists. Yeah. And what kinds of hints would you give them? to bring out that force that you're talking yeah. about. I wish I had that force. <laughs> I think we all do. It's We're swimming in it. I feel like it's surrounding us constantly, and it's up to us to invite it into our lives and to participate with it. But, of course, we have to figure out how to do that. Um, and I teach retreats, and I find a lot of um, women, especially um, are attending my retreats, are struggling with how to let go. Um, we're, we're used to being in charge. We're used to being in control. So it's really about unlearning everything we've been taught as adults, working from a place of intuition. Um, I tell my students, we're trying to actively not finish our paintings. And that is hard actively for people. Actively not finish. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to not finish. So everything you think, we kind of flip it upside down in my workshops and, and the way I paint. 
Um, we're just trying to explore and get back to that childlike curiosity. And there's a lot of trust involved. But yeah, I mean, you just you just have to kind of surrender. And that's really hard for adults because we are used to controlling everything. And we're in a rush to constantly finish and have something look good. And it, I tell my students, we're trying to make it not look good. That's not the point. If it was, you know, you're not supposed to like it when you're working on it. Otherwise, it would be finished. So if you don't <laughs> like it, it just means you're not finished, you know. So um, just getting people to be comfortable in that sort of messy, unknown space. And, of course, this practice, um, these qualities carry over into our life. So it's been it's been powerful for me to practice those qualities on my canvas and then how it's affected just the way I live. And it's really exciting. So how has it affected the way you live? It's completely transformed me as far as being able to listen to my intuition, um, really surrender to having faith um, that everything's going to be okay. I, I feel like painting um, is an act of faith that everything is going to turn out okay. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it, you know. So just practicing that in our daily life um, I'm, I feel like I'm more in tune with who I am, uh, what my path is. I'm able to trust my intuition. So listening to that voice, for that um, intuitive voice, or some people call it spirit or higher self, that was the beginning of this path of um, unlearning what we've been taught, uh, following my passion, and trusting in this, this force. So there, it has become a little bit spiritual and soulful for me, which was completely unexpected. Well, do you think there are uh, a lot of artists that are in that space? I haven't really talked to anybody who, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, art saved them. Yeah. So I have heard that, mm -hmm. you know, from quite a few people. Yeah. But then they kind of stop there, you know. Right. But it must be, you know, that somehow, you know, big uh, image that, carries them along. That, yeah. And it sounds to me like it brings you kind of from negative thinking to bubbling into positive thinking. Yes. It is all about perception. Yeah. Like when I can't finish a painting, I could get angry and I could say I'm a horrible painter. Like I have students that get really down on themselves because they can't finish. But Or I could say, oh, I love this painting. It's waiting for me to learn something. I'm, I'm enjoying having it in my studio. I, I feel like my paintings are alive. I treat them the way that I would want to be treated, you know. So I just look at it as like we get to spend time together. And aren't you amazing that you get to evolve and that you're, you're stubborn and you're refusing to be something that you're not. And I also do believe that the painting is predetermined. Like it's going to be what it's going to be. I had a friend tell me once you can't force a poem to be what it's not. And you can't, I feel like you can't force a painting to be what it's not. So the more I resist that truth, the harder and more difficult it is for me to paint. And the more I just let it be what it wants to be. And I'm, if I try to impose like my ideas on it, I'm meeting resistance. But when I just let it flow and let whatever happens, happens, um, it seems to work out really well. But this is a practice and it isn't necessarily what we're taught in life or art. So it is a different way of approaching the canvas, but I love my paintings into being. Like, I treat them like they're, uh, we're in a relationship, and I treat them with respect. I love them. I adore them, you know? So, I mean, I, I'd say... Because I, they sort of came to you, right? Yeah, they come to me, and I'm curious about them. I talk to them. I feel like they communicate with me. They tell me stories. Um, they teach me things, you know? So it's not a dead object to me. And I always tell my students, too, like, how would you, how would you treat your painting differently if it were alive? Like, 
treat it like a living, you know, it's energetically, it is alive. And um, it's a part of you, but it's also a part of something else. And, so, and no one has painted that particular thing before. That's one of the things right. you said on the internet. Right. <laughs> that kind of struck me as a really interesting thing. Now, you also told people to unlearn certain things. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I want to mention this. Carrie Schmidt, you got to go online. Her (laughs) paintings are absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Wonderful, mostly florals, but the color Mm -hmm. that you use and the lines and everything is just incredible. And she's, you're so productive. Oh. You must... uh, really uh, spend a lot of time painting because you enjoy it, I suppose. I do. I love it. It's like breathing to me. Uh, Yeah. But what should people unlearn in order to be able to be creative? (laughs) Well, first, I would say what I told myself for a long time was that I'm not creative. I'm not an artist. I would say I'm an art enthusiast. I support artists. Um, and since then, I thought, you know, if you're saying that, you should probably be doing that thing rather than standing on the sidelines and cheering for them. So um, first, you have to, like, unlearn that you are not creative. We are creative beings by our very nature. I mean, every day we do a million creative things, whether we realize it or not. So that's a choice. But we're taught that we're not. So that's the first thing. And then I think you just have to unlearn that um, you don't have to be in control. You don't have to know the answers. It's OK to make a mess. And just to show up is enough. Like the other day, I was just painting and, you know, it wasn't looking fabulous. Um, So I just thought, you know what, this is today. This is just going to be prayerful movement. I am just going to like. I like prayerful movement. Yeah. (laughs) Something you don't like. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's what I did. I just started moving my brush, moving my body. And if that's all you do, why isn't that enough? That's enough, you know, and. Who says it has to look a certain way? I mean, that, to me, that's not the point. The point is the experience. And, of course, I want it to be beautiful, but that isn't the focus. I feel like if I put all I have into it, if I put my love and, you know, have this exchange, that it will be beautiful to someone. And usually it, it has meaning to me. And then I think other people can sense that. So really, like, infusing your art with um, energy and different, you know, like, love and passion, I feel I think that will be reflected. Like I, I also tell my students, if your body is extremely tight and you're having anxiety and fear, which is what like 99% of the people that come to you know paint do, then that's gonna your body is gonna be holding the brush. It's really hard to make like big swaying, loose movement when your you know entire body is uptight. So you really have to like the energy you give to the piece is the energy you give back to it. And I wouldn't say I'm naturally talented, so I have to rely on like I have to put my love into it that's all like that's all I have oh my goodness (laughs) that's what I rely on so but you do think that everyone is is uh natural has some natural talent oh yeah I mean all kids do you know and is this also about kind of being in the moment yes yeah it requires you to be in the moment it asks us not to judge what we're doing which we're always evaluating ourselves as adults And yeah, I mean, if you watch a child paint, they're completely in the moment and to try to get out of your head and just enjoy it. That's the whole point. Otherwise, why are we doing it? You know, like there's no other reason. And uh, yeah, so I asked my students to, to remember that and not be so harsh. So why do you think that flowers come out so strongly uh, in your artwork? That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. And I tried to resist that for a long time, but I've Whenever I let myself be me, that's just what I see in my artwork. 
Um, although I see feminine figures more now and faces as well. But um, my, I always blame my dad because he used to make me weed like an hour every day in his garden. So I told him that I'm like painting flowers now just because of him. But, um, you know, I think they're beautiful. They're organic shapes. You can't really paint a flower wrong. So you can stay loose and, um, you know, they're just, they bring joy to people. And I guess that's what I'm, when I feel like when I'm painting, I feel like my heart is like bursting on the canvas. And I kind of see that in the flowers, that just pure joy. So So are you listening to nature a little when you're doing that? Um, Or is that something else? Yeah. I mean, I think... I'm not sure. I, I do find inspiration from nature, but I also find inspiration from my interactions with people who are, you know, we're part of nature. So I find my sense of like spirituality in people and nature. Um, and then I bring that into my work. This is so encouraging to, <laughs> to new artists and art appreciators. I like because I've met several art appreciators that, you know, I've even told them, well, why don't you take some art classes, yeah. you know, yeah. or, you know, Go to your retreat. That would be better because then they'd get to do, you know, much more creative things. Right. But talking about being creative, you have a very special bus that is your studio. Yes. Why don't you tell the listeners about it because okay. it's so cute. I'm so in love with this bus. Um, I couldn't find an affordable studio. I live on the east side of Seattle. And I was looking for a long time, but I couldn't find an affordable studio. I did look at a retail space, but it turns out buying a short school bus was less expensive than one month's rent at this retail space. So I bought a school bus. I found it on Craigslist, and I converted it to a mobile art studio, and I painted it pink with flowers all over it. Her name is Rosie, in honor of my grandmother, who loved roses. And it's just been a blast. I can I can work anywhere I want. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I can just decide where I want to paint that day. And I can take the bus and paint. And I also have a little area to sell my products. So it kind of, oh, it's nice. like a traveling storefront and a mobile studio. And you have uh, students in there sometimes, too. I'm offering privates. Um, oh. It's kind of small. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a shorter bus. But, um, yeah, private day with me. Um, we'd go around Seattle paint, eat lunch, uh, maybe we give away some roses, and then they can ask questions about the, pr- the creative process or the art biz sides. So, yeah. Well, it is already time for a break, and she mentioned giving away those roses. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about her rose project, which is really interesting. And we're here talking with Carrie Schmidt, intuitive artist on Art Beat Northwest. Stay tuned for more on Alternative Talk 1150. We'll be right back. Is art making too messy for your house? Then head on over to the Kirkland Art Center and take a class with a professional art teacher. At Kirkland Art Center, you or your child can experiment or refine artistic skills that can last a lifetime. In our art studios and classes, you can paint, cut, build, draw, print, glue, and splatter to your heart's content. We're located in the heart of Kirkland on Market Street in the historic Peter Kirk Building. Learn more about the classes we offer and register online at kirklandartcenter.org. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. Carrie Schmidt, intuitive artist, and so much more is here to talk with us. And Carrie, let's talk about your Year of Roses and your Rose Project because that is another something that you... <laughs> It's something you made up, right? Yes. Very creatively. 
Well, and that, again, it stemmed from hearing an intuitive voice. It was the same thing. I um, was meditating, and I um, this voice came to me and said I should do it. And I really trust that voice because it brought art into my life, and later it brought yoga into my life. That's another story. But um, so now whenever I hear that voice, I'm like, I'll do whatever it says, even if I don't know why I'm doing it, which is how the project started. I didn't know why I was doing it, but I knew I had to do it. So. And so how does it work? So um, for a year, I gave away a rose every day to a stranger, and I decided to write about it. And the reason it started is I was just going through a hard time, uh, had some personal heartache, and just started feeling kind of cynical on a personal and larger spectrum like uh, about goodness and kindness. Uh, and I could feel my heart physically hardening on a, like a, an anatomical level, and I knew I would get sick if I, I didn't want to become cynical. So this voice told me to do this project, and I did it. Later, I found out roses are um, energetically, they're a heart opener. So um, that was interesting. But anyway, I did the project, and I got to connect with a lot of people and share stories with them, and it was really beautiful. So every day you gave away a rose, and now you are you're doing some other things with it, too, because aren't yeah. you recruiting other people to... Yeah. Try it. Yeah. Oh, it's so incredible and life changing. It really became um, an accidental spiritual pilgrimage and no intention of it being that way. But just like art became like that, this project, too, became like that. Um, So, yeah, I invite other people. My daughter had an idea to create rose cards. So um, we made little cards with roses on the back as an inspirational quote. So um, I, we give them away, and we invite other people to give them away. And then if people choose to give away roses, they can um, share the stories with me. I have a Facebook page. And, yeah, I share stories there as well. So do you have a story or two you can share? <laughs> there were so many incredible experiences. Um, you know, I just met amazing people. Uh, several times I would give a rose to someone who had just lost a loved one, and they would get really emotional and think it was a sign from their loved one. I did give a rose away to a woman whose husband used to give her a rose every month, and he had passed, and she thought it was from him, and that was really beautiful. Several people started crying around us, and um, so really tender moments. And people would share um, just beautiful stories with me about how much it meant to them, Uh, people of all ages. um, I gave one to a teenage boy in Dick's one night, and he was really emotional, and that really touched me, too. Maybe you were giving them to people and maybe they'd had a really hard yeah. day and they were really feeling down yeah. and then boom, you know, yeah. what a lift. Right. It was incredible. I One of my favorite moments, I gave a rose to a woman who had just found out she was pregnant and I was one of the first people she told. She oh. came over to me later. She didn't even want her friends to know yet, but she told me. And she just thought it was like a blessing for her journey and she was really touched by that. So there were so many incredible moments and it really did keep me soft and it was um it did impact my art as well which I had no idea Ah. that it would do that and then you're writing a book about your experiences yeah it was quite a year I'm really excited to share all the stories it it was probably the most transformative year of my life from doing it yeah now we don't want to we want to make sure we talk about your retreats that you have Uh, they sound so interesting. I would really like to go to uh, at least one of them. Yeah. Uh, some of them are, they're on all different places. Why don't you talk about your retreats? Okay, so I teach um, art retreats, but I also, we do a lot of rituals and um, just really soul-nourishing activities, some creative movement. Um, I've taught them all over the country, but for the first time, I'm offering them in Seattle, which is really exciting to me as well. 
Um, so I'm going to do one on Vashon Island in November. And we're actually, for the first time, creating a video documentary um, along with the, the art retreat. So what I found is that these women come, and they have the most incredible stories, that everyone has a story. And um, I wanted to capture some of these. So we're going to create a, vi- a beautiful video of our painting and our storytelling. So it should be really nice. And then uh, if it's artists, then that could help them with uh, promoting their art, too. Yeah. Right? With the video, they can put it on a website. Yeah, or... it's for all of us to use. And, you know, creating a video can be expensive. But when we share the cost in this way, uh, people that normally might not be able to have a video documentary made about their story, this is like an opportunity for them to get their story out. Because I want everyone's stories to be heard. You know, not just cert- a certain group of people, but all of these women have amazing stories. And then I heard you're going going to Provence. Yes. And uh, painting plein air over there. Uh, yeah, we'll be next um, next September. I'll be in Provence, and uh, yeah, we'll be painting and kind of pulling in inspiration from our surroundings. So I have some tips and tricks, the ways I do that to share with people, and yeah, it should be really fun, really inspiring. So you have a lot of really fun, interesting things ahead. Um, so what would you say to our listeners if they're budding artists and they haven't uh, dipped into the art world as yeah. far as doing their own art yet? I would just say to do it and make a commitment. I try to paint as often as possible. So I have a saying that I have to um, take one step every day in the direction of my dreams. And that means I have to do something every day connected to my art. So it's really important to stay connected to that or connected to anything that you're you're striving for. And just experiment and don't judge yourself. You just have fun. Work from a place of love. Great. Well, we are already running out of time, but I think you gave everyone a, a picture of what you're doing and a lot of good advice. And we all need that. We all need to be on the positive side and and catch our inspiration and all of this. So thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sharing your story, your journey in art, and your advice. Now, how can we go online to see your art, which is wonderful? And by the way, she has it on uh, Amazon, too, and Etsy. Yeah, I license my art with a lot of companies, so yeah. And uh, But we can find out at your website more about what you're currently doing, right? Yeah, I'm always working on new projects. Uh, CarrieSchmidtDesign.com. CarrieSchmidtDesign.com. And Carrie is spelled the standard way, C-A-R-R-I-E, but Schmidt... It's a little different. <laughs> it's S-C-H-M-I, T as in Tom, T as in Tom, and then design. So there's no Ds in um, Schmidt. Yeah, yeah. It, It's one of those ones, I think, that are spelled several different ways anyway. And anyway, Carrie, you know, she always seems to be creating something new. And so you need to check out her website. And be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time for Artbeat Northwest. I'm your host, Pat Polly, signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great creative week. At the Home Depot, we have Black Friday savings all through November. And with that comes a joyful holiday bustle that we just love to hear. Although we also love the sound that comes after the holidays. When people put their new tools to use. In fact, we love it so much. When you buy select Milwaukee M18 kits, you'll get an extra tool for free. So after you're done filling the air with holiday magic, you can fill it with the sounds of doing. The Home Depot. 
how doers get more done. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.